guess what? We're on Patreon. Tiers start at just $1 a month. And we have three of them. Become a brilliant backer for $1. Find out early about new merch and ticketed events and get access to our monthly newsletter. Support our show by becoming a confident contributor for $4 a month. In addition to the benefits from the previous tier, you get access to our Discord community and one bonus episode every Sunday. Or lastly, prove that you love us the most by becoming a sensational super fan for $7. In addition to the benefits from the previous tiers, get access to a monthly interactive live stream with one of us and get the power to decide future Lady History content by voting. Join our community and help us keep the show running at patreon.com slash ladyhistorypod. Woohoo, we did it. I'm so happy to see your faces. I did such a bad job trying to stalk you guys. I was like, are they just not on the internet? I'm <laughs> oh, and really everyone bad. has a private Instagram and I can't make sure I know what people's faces look. I was so frustrated. <laughs> You're all very cool and very private on the internet. I couldn't find. I appreciate that someone couldn't find me because I've had a lot of guys show up on first dates and be like, You're so easy to stalk online. So Well, I don't wow. I don't know how Instagram works. So yeah. like I don't understand it. So I'm not on Instagram. <laughs> But of course, famously, if you see me on Twitter, no, you don't. Yeah, it's yeah. so weird that you're constantly wearing disguises on Twitter. Um, when did you graduate college? I graduated in May. May, so very recently. Okay. Yes. Cool. And then we graduated the year before, me and Hayden. Yes. How does it feel? Are you happy to be out or? I um, actually just graduated from my master's yesterday. Oh, oh my gosh, oh, congratulations. Still, thank you. So when you said graduation, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> oh, you are coming you are down. in the thick of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, crap. That's so stressful. Yeah. Um, and then I'm actually starting grad school in January. And I'm in grad oh. school. So it's, we don't feel free. No. <laughs> Maybe Haley no. does now. It's really fun yeah, though. Yeah. I really like saying things like, oh, my bachelor's degree is in archaeology. Like that's a really fun thing for me to say. Yeah. Um, I was listening to that and I I mean you referenced it a couple times too, but I was like, oh, we they're just Lady Indiana Jones thing and everyone's <laughs> not talking like that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I was like, <gasps> what? People do that's amazing. It still happens. And then you are like, it's not about dinosaurs. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no that's fine I still it's still cool but it's uh, cool but it's not about dinosaurs it, it got crazy. cut from the episode but Lexi has been known to unmatch people on dating apps who compare archaeology to paleontology yes yeah. if I get like a man on Bumble and he's like hey you work with dinosaurs that's so cool I'm immediately like no <laughs> Bye. you just message his parents and you're like you did a bad job <laughs> um what did you all go to grad school for we're Our all going. museum studies. Museum studies. Yeah. yeah. We're all and we're all archaeology undergrads. So we like yeah. just the same, same people. Are you all aware that you that's like a rom-com job? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's you have full rom-com jobs. Yeah. Yes. You're like, do people really do that in real life? What a glamorous life. Congratulations. You guys are very cool. Uh, so I wanted to start this off by telling listeners the story of how I asked Aaron to be on the podcast. It was episode 120 of Hey Riddle Riddle, which came out the day after the election, but was recorded the day before the election. <laughs> and JPC and Adel were talking about the movie Venom, and they were talking about the movie Venom for like two full minutes before JPC goes, he's never seen it before. And then Aaron, you said that you miss women, and where are the women? And I was like, she doesn't really work professionally with women anymore. And, you know, we'd been Instagram messaging about uh, lady history because 
Erin Keefe is literally the sweetest person maybe in the entire world and she will always answer your Instagram messages even if it takes her a while <laughs> um and Lexi and I had kind of had this joke like oh Erin Keefe is our podcasting idol maybe one day she'll come on we can't really do improv but at least we won't make her do riddles um <laughs> and I said to Lexi um I was like hey did you hear this episode I think Erin needs us I'm gonna message and ask her what's the worst thing she can say is she gonna say no is she gonna ignore us <laughs> I you, you said, asked and yes. I was like yes yes when said, yes, now can like, we go okay now oh. I've been like starstruck for a month that this is happening okay I that's so funny I really people messaged me after that episode being like are you okay and I was like first of all yes I was mostly joking but also no I wasn't <laughs> joking I haven't worked with women in like since March February of this year and even like in the comedy world, I'm constantly, it's majority men. So this, any, please, any opportunity to do this. And I had like already been, I was like, oh, I can't wait to listen to this. I sew up my alley. And then you asked me, it was such an honor. And I'm truly so nervous. I haven't been this nervous on a podcast in a while. Can you tell I'm like manically talking? I'm like shaking. I'm so oh. excited that you're here. Yes. We're doing it. It's happening. Okay. Everyone's fine. It's fine. This modern world of science and invention is of particular interest to women. Hello and welcome to Lady History, the good, the bad, and the ugly ladies you missed in history class. Here in my favorite Zoom that we've ever done is Lexi. Lexi, who's your favorite mouse? Momo! Next up is Haley. Haley, what's your relationship with riddles? My dad used to use them to get like my allowance. So he would give me like a riddle or a quiz. And if I could like solve it, then I got my allowance. And for once, she's not being introduced last. Erin Keefe. Erin, how do you feel about history? I really like it. Uh, I, it was one of my favorite subjects in school. And I'm Alana and I don't like Hello from the Magic Tavern because there aren't enough women. Fair enough. It's true. I, You're shading it so hard. I'm shading it, but it's fine. I'm like, I started listening to it because Hey Riddle Riddle has been my quarantine hyperfixation. I don't know if you could tell. No, I could tell by you the how frustrated you were at one moment in one of our D&D episodes. Yeah. Which I don't think, beyond you, I don't think anyone's listened to those. <laughs> oh, I've listened to them a bunch of times. I find them very soothing. Oh, good. But so I tried it and I was listening to like the first year. I was like, if there was a woman here, some of these things would not have gotten said. Mm -hmm. This made me uncomfortable. I feel like you guys need a woman just to like make sure you're fine. It is. I totally because I was a fan of the show like way before I got on it. And it really took like Brooke Bright being there pretty often. She plays Flower. Um, yeah. She uh, I actually nannied for her for like three years, uh, which is so funny. People are always like, that's ridiculous that Momo nanny for Flower. But <laughs> she is uh, so funny. And so like it took like her being folded in and then a few other like like Marla and other female improvisers from Chicago I was like okay now we're cooking with gas now we're feeling really good I totally the episodes that. where they have a lady guest are always better yeah, yeah. I need them to know that I they <laughs> oh I think they fully do if you talk to any of those three guys they're like we made a huge mistake there needs to be more women anywhere please <laughs> like the sweetest quietest Guys, it's so funny to go on those recordings. They're always like, hi. They're like, if a cup of tea were people. <laughs> okay, I just, everything's, everything's okay. And we're all, they're so gentle, very soothing. So today we are talking about ladies in comedy. And our first 
lady is Erin Keefe. Per the format of the astrology nod that I started doing in episode 12, Erin uh, was born November 10th, 1991, <laughs> and that makes her a Scorpio. <laughs> this, is, this is the best. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, uh, and my first question is, I guess before tonight, what made you laugh the most recently? I've been laughing a lot this week. I went on um, a Twitch stream uh, for one of the guys on Teacher's Lounge. I don't know if you listen to that show. Uh, it's one of my favorite comedy podcasts, but I got to go on his Twitch stream and play like a big character and do it live. And I hadn't done anything like that for a while and had that like live show feeling. And I full-blown got the giggles. Like he called me out for something that was so funny and I dove off screen. And I was like, oh my God, I like the kind of like tears laughter. So that was last Tuesday. So I laughed really hard at that. So we're going to be playing a game called This or That, and it's going to be rapid fire. Don't (laughs) overthink it. Just say whichever one sticks out in your mind first between the two things I say. Okay, Okay, great. Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks? Oh, Dunkin' Donuts. Boston or Chicago? (laughs) Boston. Cold places or hot places? Cold places. Fancy food or casual dining? (laughs) casual dining hot coffee or iced coffee iced coffee singing or dancing Mm, uh singing headphones or earbuds headphones astrology or astronomy astrology netflix or disney plus netflix swan lumps or animal parade Ooh, swan lumps jp riddles or coco cashmere Ooh, JP Riddles. Momo the Mouse or Champagne Champagne? <sighs> Momo. Public Access TV or Hey Relationship Relationship? Oh no, those are my two favorite things. Uh, public Access. Angelica or Eliza? Ooh, Angelica. Dogs or dogs? Mm. I actually, I'm past. That's an inappropriate <laughs> question and I refuse to answer it. Small, medium, or large? Medium. JPC or Adorify? Um, hard pass on both. <laughs> Absolutely neither. That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> At, no, thank you. Uh, they look exactly the same. <laughs> what project of yours are you most proud of? Oh man, that's really hard. Um, I would say a project I'm most proud of that I, is not on the internet uh, is I did a show called Her uh, with two women in Chicago in like 2018. We did it twice and it was um, me, Haley Palmer and Raina Kasky. And we are all in an improv team together with four other boys. And we were like, let's just do something just as women. And we did a show where we did a piece for every year we had been alive, like one for like one through 27 or however, however old we were. And there were all different formats. It'd be like a song or a puppet show or a slideshow or something. And uh, I felt really proud of that. Uh, That was like the most me thing I got to do in Chicago. And then in terms of things that are online, I feel really grateful and proud for a web series I made called Welcome Back that came out like a year and a half ago that uh, me and my boyfriend wrote and we cast a lot of Chicago improvisers who we normally never get to work with in it. And uh, they were so funny and I'm so happy that there's like a showcase of some of my favorite improvisers in Chicago. And the like, we had no idea the world was going to shut down. So like, thank God we have this like little bit of evidence that we were all in Chicago together and having fun before everyone moved and the world shut fun down. 
So this is going to be like open-ended Boston women trivia. Oh my God, um, yes. Yes, it's, I had so much fun making this exact segment. So I'm going to give a quick description or question and y'all can all guess because Alexa, Alexi and Alana don't know the women either. And shout out to the Boston Women's Heritage Trail website and also the Wikipedia page's list of people from Boston. Woo! Amazing. That is a sexy corner of the internet. Exactly. Hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so our first one is writing up a storm. While born in Pennsylvania in 1832, this little woman is known for describing her life in Concord, Massachusetts, and has had several homes just in the Boston area. While she was able to make enough money to support her family and her writing began to sell, she was able to move to a house very close to her publisher, Robert's Brothers. Who is she? She's who my dog is named after, Louisa May Alcott. Yes! I didn't realize that's who Lou was Lou, named yeah. after. That's amazing. That's, that's amazing. amazing. We got that's her the, the day of the Oscars and uh, we were talking about Little Women and how the original Little Women movie is one of my favorite movies. And so we're like, should we name her Joe? And we're like, that's too on the nose. And I was like, Amy? And he was like, I don't want a dog named Amy. And <laughs> uh, then we uh, landed on Louisa or Lou. Oh, I love that. I love Because I, ha- I made her the first one because that's a book that I'm reading passively right now, but my favorite movies are just Little Women. Both um, so you're, re- you're reading Little Women passively right now? Just yeah. out of like your peripheral vision, it's just sort of out of the corner. Of your <laughs> it's always on my bedside table and I see it and I'm like 20 pages in and I'm like, I, I know what happens in you. So I'm just yeah. gonna keep you there. It makes me look smart and educated, yeah. but like- I'm in the middle of be- reading Little Women. You can say that the rest of your yeah. life if you never finish. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, did anyone else growing up mix her and Laura Ingalls Wilder up constantly? Yeah, I still do that. I did. No, yeah. I was such a strong Laura Ingalls stan. I was <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder for my Lexi's fourth like, grade no. Halloween parade. So I wait, never would wait, wait. the two for each I was other. also Laura Ingalls Wilder for my fourth grade wax museum. Well, are, we the, are we the same person? I was Abigail Adams for my fourth grade wax <laughs> museum. So we all had pain in our life, I guess fourth grade wax museum what did you ever do that fourth graders like picked a a character and a character like a person from history and memorized a little spiel about them and we were all in the cafeteria and like other grades would come and like tap us and you'd give your spiel no what we did in fourth grade was okay so growing up in new york we took advantage of ellis island so we had to pretend that we were coming into ellis island and like right before we did this whole extravaganza in the cafeteria, we went, took a field trip, but essentially they broke us up and they were like, you're sick. You go back on the ship. You're fine. Come over here. And we had to dress up and do like research about like um, who we were being character. But the trick was like that we had to like profile our like ethnicities. <laughs> so like me being no. the kid I was, I was like, well, my dad's from Iran and my mom's from Cuba. And they're like, those weren't countries for Ellis Island. Pick another one. <laughs> Pick another one. You can do that. So I was someone from France. And I just have vivid memories of like wearing my mom's like peasant skirt, like pinned up and like a shawl around uh, me. You're wearing like a beret and holding a baguette. Exactly. <laughs> I think I like actually had bread in my basket. I was just eating bread because they said I was like a sick child. And I was like, yeah, this, this is how it goes. I've never been so jealous of a field trip but also so sure that a field trip it traumatized 
a group of yeah. children more than that one. I think we learned, like, I remember the um, gift shop of Ellis Island more than the actual Ellis Island on that <laughs> trip. That gift shop is famous in my family because that is where I had apparently, allegedly, the biggest tantrum that I've ever had. That's amazing. Everyone was looking, apparently. I was like four or something. <laughs> and my family went to New York and I ruined it. They, they said I full-blown ruined it. But I was like, whatever. That's uh, so rude. If you're four, like, come on. You're still like a baby. Yeah, I was like, what? You're Have lower expectations for me, please. I'm 100 years younger than all my sisters. Relax. So our second gal is titled Miss President. Devoted to both life of being in public service and family, this Massachusetts-born and raised first lady did it all. She was known for advocating for women's rights and pushed the founding fathers to, quote, remember the ladies. Who am I talking about? Uh, I know that because I was her in a wax museum. That would be Abigail Adams. Yes, it is. When you said that, I was like, yes. Remember <laughs> the ladies. Um, I love Abigail Adams, mostly because I'm from the exact same part of Massachusetts. That. <laughs> oh, so excellent. Our field trips was like, let's go to the Adams house again and see the chair he died in on the 4th of July. And I'd be like, hooray. <laughs> I kind of like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Growing up in like a new, not because I'm not in New England, but the New York, like colonial era, area, not era, area. Oh my God. Uh, she's a time traveler. <laughs> Holy shit. You guys, you guys. Wish. I wish. Uh, my high school's after Horace Greeley, like the guy who ran for president, like didn't make it. But like our town thinks he's like God essentially with all the statues and just like still preserving his house. Do you guys have like a local historical figure that like is not that big of a deal nationally, but because my dad's up- hometown has a singing Perry Como statue. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you really had an answer for that. <laughs> right as soon as you the- started the question, I was like, I need to get yeah. this out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, besides Horace Greeley, that's where the, uh, my town's where the Clintons live. So like Uh, going to GW afterwards and everyone's like, the president lives near us. And I was like, for fuck's sake, like they're boring people. Like I go get Get sandwiches with like, (laughs) we call them like Bill and Hill. (laughs) Part of me wants to just like puke, but Bill and Hill. I know their favorite sandwich places and stuff. That's so oh funny. The for fuck's sake is the funniest response. Yeah. <laughs> well, for fuck's sake. Just it's true though, because like a big selling point of GW is like, we're four blocks from the White House. And everyone's like, hashtag only at GW. You know, but... then like month after you show up, Donald Trump gets elected. So yeah. <laughs> Whoa. that happened to me. Yeah, that was that's a lot what happened of... to a lot of Whoa. Yeah, that's not yeah. You're going to definitely write a book one day, huh? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh, man. Not great. My area doesn't really have a celebrity, but I am from the area in California where gold was first discovered. Oh, gold. That's that's not really a celebrity, but kind of a phenomenon. (laughs) That's something. I'd consider. I'd consider gold a celebrity, for sure. Lights, camera, action. Our third gal is known for a role in the Netflix show Orange is the New Black and was born in the Boston menfield massachusetts area while attending boston university she studied classical voice and competed in track and field personally my favorite fun fact about this gal is how she's very open to switching up her look and she was quoted for saying i'm always up for a change and the gemini in me really resonates with that so who am i talking about oh i'm not 100 percent sure is it the blonde lady from oh is it um... alana lexi I've never oh, seen is that it, um, show. 
I'm trying to think of who would have gone to be you. Oh, what is her name on the show? She's like one of the best actresses on it. She's a great singing voice. Wait, nope. I have it. Is it Crazy Eyes? Yes. I knew it. It is Crazy Eyes. I knew it. What's her name? Uzo. Uzo, Uzo Aduba. Aduba. Uzo Aduba. She, um, she was in something I saw recently too. She has like, she's so good at acting that I feel like every once in a while you're like, that person wanted to be you. you <laughs> so we're rolling the newsreel. So not only did she become the first woman co-anchor of a network evening newscast, this Massachusetts beauty has become one of the highest paid television broadcasters at her peak. Still wondering about where you could see this human on your TV screen? Think of programs like the Today Show and 2020. Okay. I think it might be Diane Sawyer. No. No? I know. Barbara Walters. Yes. Oh, it is Barbara. She oh, is from Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, my I thought it could be Diane Sawyer because my mom's best friend is married to the bassist for Tony Bennett. And so she's gone to like random events with celebrities throughout her life. And she met Diane Sawyer at an event in Massachusetts and panicked when she met her and just started doing a British accent and, then had, to, <laughs> and had to do a British accent for like four hours. I like, love that. I don't know, Erin. I just met her and she's her skin's so beautiful and she looks so fancy. And I just started doing a British accent. <laughs> so that's why I thought that she... Oh, yeah, Barbara Walters. I wonder what town she's from in Massachusetts. Got the weirdest accent, I, I, and I didn't even recognize it. That's Maybe that's why, because I was like, there's something about her that doesn't say Massachusetts to me. No. Maybe she and makes like, that voice for TV because she thinks it's more. That's accepted. true. Mm-hmm. Like the mid-Atlantic accent thing from old Hollywood. Going to yes. school in California, everyone kept saying I have a New York accent. I was like, no, gosh, no. Have you not been to New York? Oh, for fuck's sake, I do not. <laughs> So last but not least, dessert is served. This chef is um, has some fun childhood nicknames like Juke, Juju, and Jukies. But first, before becoming a chef, she was a spy. I don't know why I'm going to laugh during this one. <laughs> She's my idol, and I'm getting nervous just talking about her. Uh, she first became interested in food while living in oh. China and is one of the people who just changed how Americans eat. And she once used... 753 pounds of butter while filming one of her tv series is it julia child yes it is yes it is i i yeah i keep see i don't think about these people being from massachusetts other than abigail adams but yeah everyone else i'm like oh yeah i was truly shocked at the list like seriously <laughs> wikipedia is a beautiful beautiful place of the internet we don't like I, I feel like we don't have a lot of female people who are famously from Boston or Massachusetts like there's a lot of guys yes feels yes. like that everyone's like oh yeah that person's from Boston but I think we have like Amy Poehler that's a good yes. one yeah I can't there's like not a lot I wish there was more that was a fun segment I did better than I thought I would do So we talked a little bit about, you know, the the stereotype that like women aren't funny. Comedy tends to be male dominated. So what is the best, what are some of the best parts about working professionally with other women, especially in comedy? So many things. I think like there's uh, specifically doing uh, improv with other females is like absolutely so refreshing because after doing improv with guys for so long, you sometimes forget how often you're being uh, made to play wives and girlfriends. Um, 
or like the person who scolds or the person who's in charge of uh, making sure you're not saying anything offensive that's going to hurt anyone's feelings, uh, like the one doing commentary or being the straight man um, in a show. And anytime I got to be on an all-female improv team, I was on an all-female improv team called Brady with Olivia Nielsen and Layla Gorstein, and they are truly two of the funniest people in the universe. And it's the most myself I ever felt on an improv team. And it's because there's just a lot more permission to be funny and to not be uh, the one who's in charge and the one who's like um, stopping the action or scolding, like, uh, or being the mom or the girlfriend being like, how was your day, honey? Like we could be uh, whoever we wanted to be. And it, like we were giving each other permission. So that is my favorite part of working with women in comedy is you feel like you have a little bit more permission to have fun. It's so funny to have you guys be muted because it makes me feel like you guys are really mad at me. No, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, oh, you're so all. mad at me. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I, have, I have a parrot, so I try and mute as much as possible because yeah. if not our audio. What is your be... parrot's name? Sergeant Pepper. <laughs> I need to go lay down. <laughs> well, that kind of gets into our next segment because that was going to be one of the questions. Oh, that's a hint. Is... Oh, no. No, it's not. Don't worry. Um, because I really forgot his name was like Sergeant Pepper. I just remember it was Sargy. But getting to know us, like we've been interviewing you and making you talk for forever. So you get to like get to know us a little bit. Fun. There are only three answers of Haley, Lexi, or Lana. Mm-hmm. And I will expect Lexi or Lana to know these answers if you get them wrong. So I'm going to put okay, that on I'm, the spot. I'm really excited. <laughs> like, please don't hate us after this. Like, I'm expecting you to be like, okay, we're done with this. No. You're letting I've, me do my favorite thing, which is make assumptions from nothing. I, and I pulled like some of the most random things of our personalities. I can't so, wait. An easy one. Who do you think is the oldest? I'm going to say Haley only because she just finished grad school. You were close. I'm actually the middle child. Oh, okay. Then, okay. Then it's Lexi. Yes. Lexi is oldest by 182 days. Um, 182 years. Yeah. Alana's still a freshman in my head. And then I didn't want to do more math. She's the baby. She's so, so much younger than you guys. I'm the duckling. (laughs) I do call her ducks. I think your name is ducks in my phone. It's okay. Your name is Sprinkle Bear McPuss in Boots in my phone. That's true. cute. Who here calls their mother every Sunday while eating a call your mother bagel? If it's not all of you, then what are we all doing here? Um, Okay. Uh, Yeah. Silence on a podcast is not the best. So part of me thinks it's Alana, but I, the, yeah, that's like what my gut is saying, Mm -hmm. but it might, I might be Haley. Well, your gut is telling you correctly. It is Alana. Um, Alana It used to be me before the end times because um, I used to Because we would go to- we would go to this okay. bagel place together. And Alana, then... what do you get? Because I need to judge you because I actually don't know your bagel order. I get an everything bagel with plain cream cheese and toast. Okay, that's fine. And the joke is the store is called Call Your Mother a Jewish Deli. And so we used to call our mothers while consuming the bagels. That's very good. That's a good tradition. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a good name for a place. All right, Haley, hit us with another uh, one. Um, this is a two-parter. So who is absolutely obsessed with birds? but who is also just terrified of birds. But she is also the person who grew up with 16 birds living in her childhood home. Okay, it's gotta be Lexi, right? She has a parrot. Yes, yes Lexi is the one obsessed I'm with I'm the birds. first half, I love them. But who's the second half who hates them? Hmm. Okay, maybe Haley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my grandparents thought it was a smart idea to drive from Miami to New York with two birds. 
uh, a male and a female and just let them go at it. <laughs> Who cried in front of one of our professors in his office when she found out she could study Egyptian archaeology? And yes, she was wearing a shirt with an Egyptian symbol on it for the occasion. Okay, that is that not Alana? It's Alana. I was yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. I was cracking up the whole time. Yeah. I was an ass. That's when she was also a freshman. Um, for real. I was for real a freshman. Yeah, for real freshman. And that's the moment that's just stuck in my brain for Alana. Okay, that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. That's Thank so you. sweet. That's a very sweet story. Yeah, the shirt for sure sets you over the edge. I understand why you had people laughing at you. Your friends can go, okay, with the shirt, it's a lot, but that's such a sweet story. Who said this on our radio show called District of Conversation? Grinds every gear in my solar system of a body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So this is a little tricky because this, honestly, I take this as a compliment, could be any of you. Yeah. My gut is saying Lexi, but it's possible. It's possible that it's, oh, it might be Alana, but also it might be Haley. I think it might be Haley. Haley. It is me. Yeah. Haley. That that's the, the first one that's on my list and it's yeah. my favorite. It was also, I had Alana like send me the screenshots that she has. It was the, one of the only ones where it wouldn't just be like blatantly Haley's. Uh, last one. Who here was that nerd in high school that read all the books assigned to them in the English classes? Uh, Lexi. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Plug for our episode, The Lady History Library, where I'm a literary snob the whole time. Um, what's your favorite book? My favorite book, 100 mm-hmm. Years of Solitude, which my brother is reading for junior year English class right now. And I told oh. him if he doesn't read every word, I'll know. That's just what you need when you're stressed in a junior. <laughs> Is yeah. an older sister being like, oh, and I will also bully you if you don't. In addition to your teachers giving you pressure and having to wear a mask and sit six feet apart from everyone in school yeah. every day. Now I add this pressure. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Did you read all the English books that you were assigned to? Me? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, okay. Well, my mom was a, is a librarian. So uh, growing up, I wasn't allowed to like watch TV until I finished a book, chapter book that week. Mm-hmm. Um so I read a lot, but by the time I got to like high school, I really only cared about the books that I cared about. And then I remember reading all of the Grapes of Wrath and it was like the final day where we were doing like presentations on it. And I talked about how like long it took and all the other kids in my class were like, Aaron, you, you read the whole, you read the whole thing. Grapes of Wrath. This is the one you choose to read all of. And I was like, yeah. And my teacher was like, you read the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Okay, fine guys. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> Okay, uh, lesson learned. I don't That's have to read the whole the thing. the reaction I wanted and expected from like a human being. Apparently and Lexi just comes me. in. Apparently it's only me. Of course it's only you. I If the book was okay, even if it was like 70% interesting to me, I'd read the whole thing. But when it was so boring or bad, I was like, oh my God, no. So obviously we are living in the best time so far or mm-hmm. like last year, maybe we were, maybe not right now is the best time so far. Um, because we have like vaccines and polycotton blends. So other than the now times, what is your favorite period of history? Like this is to learn about, not necessarily I have to go back there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really love early 20th century stuff. Um, I'm trying to think of like what I was inspired by in school. I loved because I think maybe I was from Massachusetts and it was all right there. Uh, like 1776 bullshit. Always loved it. Founding father shit. Always loved it. Saw the uh, the musical 1776 like a hundred times. Uh, one of my favorites. Like I, 
those are probably the two times in history I've enjoyed the most. Those are strong choices. Yeah, definitely. Those are basic choices, but no, they're strong though. There's no a reason. No, Civil War is the most basic choice. I, I would say every guy I've ever met is like, I'm it's probably kind of weird and interesting about me, but I love World War II history. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, okay, awesome. You uh, masturbate to the idea of you going off to World War II and winning that war, but okay, yep. see you later. I was gonna say like I completely agree with that point, but it's different because I've had one person be like, "I love Holocaust history," and I was like, "I know." you may in your heads think you sound like such a psychopath but you are correct that is my favorite thing to learn about in world war ii curriculums i got to go to germany and poland my sophomore year while Mm. i was learning about all of that and like berlin was like all the museums there were unbelievable but i got to go uh, to auschwitz and it was like one of the most interesting days of my life like that's i feel like every teenager in the world should go and do like a full tour of that because it, it'll change the way you see things I think the I have to know what all of your favorite museums are oh good question Ooh, that is a good question I don't know I don't I don't think I have one yet you guys don't have a favorite I don't museum think I what are you doing with your life why are you here no because I have too many I'm very oh, okay I really like the other way I really liked um the National Museum in Edinburgh Mm. Um, I love that. I was in Edinburgh last summer for like 48 hours, and I think I spent 30 of them in the National Museum. It's just they're like five floors, and they're really like well together, even from like a museum professional standpoint. I think that they were very inclusive and accessible. Cool. I really enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Um, I'm gonna sound like a douche, but I want to say like the Met, and then like the Uh. yeah. The National uh, Museum of Natural History in New York City, just because those were the two museums that got me interested in history and museums. That's a good one. Like, this came up over the weekend when my mom was like, you have to make a toast because you graduated. And I was like, fam, you know it's just going to be thanking you. Like, you're the only person in this room right now. Like, <laughs> calm down. Of course. My favorite's the Hangul Museum in Seoul, South Korea. I knew Whoa. you were going to say something in Korea or like Well, Asia. the Hangul Museum... A, the interactives and accessibility, like Alana mentioned for hers. As a museum professional, that kind of stuff just gets you going. But also they have typewriters that are Korean typewriters and I love typewriters and I am obsessed with the Korean alphabet. And so that convergence of two things was like my mind, my tiny mind exploded. Erin, what's your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite? Oh, mm, my all-time favorite is also one of my favorite just places in the world is the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. That's a good choice. It's so pretty. Just in terms of like energy, it obviously doesn't really change that often. So it's not something that like you go to see something new or like have it be like moved around or curated in a different way. But like my favorite thing ever is listening to music and walking through there. It smells so good. It's so good. I love it there. Okay, so this segment is similar to Boston women, but it is Mm -hmm. multiple choice and none of the women are from Boston or have anything to do with Boston as far as I can tell. And that was a way to distinguish the trivia questions for us doing our research. And Alana and Haley also do not know these answers. So hopefully if we, we, it will not all be on you, Erin, I promise. (laughs) So number one, this old Hollywood lady had twice the normal number of eyelashes and was married twice to the same man. Who's that lady? Is it A, Marilyn Monroe? Can I just answer? Yeah, just answer. Is it Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah! 
<laughs> Congrats. Yay. Married to Richard Burton twice. Yes. Think about it all the time. I can't ever <laughs> stop thinking about it. When you One go on her favorite. Wikipedia page, it says married, divorced, married, divorced. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. She, uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf is by far one of my favorite movies of all time. It is so good. And they are so crazy and good in it together. And you watch that movie and you're like, yeah, I can totally buy that you guys couldn't stop falling in love and then hating each other and then falling in love. Like <laughs> crazy vibes. This first lady was wife to one president and grandmother to another. Who's that lady? Is it A, Abigail story. Adams, B, Alice Roosevelt, C, Anna Harrison, or D, Dolly Madison? Anna Harrison. Yes, it is C, Anna ha Harrison. And she never actually made it to the White House uh, because her husband died 30 days after his inauguration. So embarrassing. <laughs> Can you imagine? Her grandson got to be president. So it's yeah, still, still humiliating for him. Can you imagine? Ugh. <laughs> it's real rough. <laughs> oh, God. This royal lady has been accredited with starting two traditions, wearing a white wedding dress and decorating a tree for Christmas. Who's that lady? Oh, um, we know this. Do you want the multiple choice? Elizabeth? Give them no, multiple choice. it's not Elizabeth. It's okay. the one that became before. It was like in the 1800s. My multiple choice is A, Elizabeth II, B, Queen Victoria, C, Queen Anne, or D, Queen Charlotte. Oh. I think it's Queen Victoria. B? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. It's, it's B, Queen Victoria. She also married her first cousin. So, you know. That was cute. just the thing, though. That's, yeah. yeah. Like that's he even proposed, in my though, which is a fun lady fact. I he love that. To, to Prince Albert, so that's fun. Did Prince Albert get? I a love ring? how we. It was all immediately forgiven when. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like we're yeah, like, oh, cousin, but okay, like, okay, it's fine. Proposed, so you know, very well. Like... All the the world leaders of the three major powers in World War One were all first cousins. Classic yeah. rich like, people stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's really cute. It's very sweet. Like, okay, so basically, it was like a family scuffle is what yeah, yeah, yeah. Much. yeah, yeah okay. they were just mad at each other like <laughs> i was grandmama's favorite <laughs> this singing lady wasn't always a star before she became a celebrity she was fired from dunkin donuts for playing with the jelly squirter that they used to fill donuts who's that lady is it a madonna b gwen stefani c jessica simpson or d shania twain ah <sighs> I feel like I just read this somewhere. Yeah, didn't it? This came up somewhere mm -hmm. recently. I saw it in the news, and that's how I got the source. <laughs> it was on 69 News. Is it? Is it Shania Twain? No. I feel like it's Madonna for some reason. Ding, ding, ding. It's Madonna. And she's been nominated for 28 Grammys, but she got her start playing with the jelly squirter. I love no, that. No way. Oh my <laughs> God, that's funny to, pre to pretend she's singing one of her songs at the Jelly Squirter. Like I picture her like squirting the jelly and singing her future songs to herself. Of course. That's just hilarious. The you reason know? why that jogged my memory is because they put like the comb boobs on like a picture and like yeah. a dunk in Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Very I love good Photoshop. Yeah. Okay, I got one more. <laughs> this lady activist almost had her head added to Mount Rushmore. Who's that lady? Is it A, Alice Paul, B, Francis E.W. Harper, C, Ida B. Wells, or D, Susan B. Anthony? I want it to be Ida B. Wells, but my guess is Susan B. Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, Susan. it's Susan because, uh, you know. Because white people. White people. <laughs> uh, she also was the first American woman to appear on Currency. Because so, white people. Because white people. Oh, man. This has been Who's That Lady? <laughs> You're going to get us a copyright strike, Lexi. Yeah. I think both Aaron and I 
saying the rest of it. So yeah, that's we did. Fine. We, yeah, for sure. We're we're gonna be the ones that. Uh, well, considering I can't sing, but I don't think that anything could detect that that was. That's true. That was that song. Okay. I knew what it was. So that's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> what okay. female comedians from history have inspired you? So many. I would love to hear who, like, some of your favorite female comedians were growing up, too. Um, I love that question. Um, My dad was really, really obsessed with early SNL. Like, Jane and Gilda were pretty big. Like, 75 to 80 SNL was really big in my house. And in most of my time in Chicago, I had a huge poster of the three original SNL women on my wall, like, right by my bed. Also, uh, I'd say, like... Deborah Messing rhythmically was like pretty huge for me. We loved Will and Grace in my house growing up um, and her and Megan Mullally, I like loved Maya Rudolph. And then like in the time of uh, when I was finally like deciding to get into comedy and take it more seriously, like Kristen Wiig, Vanessa Bayer was like a huge part of the reason why I moved to Chicago to start doing comedy. I was like, I'll just do it. She did. When back into a corner, I've, I've, I've answered Maya Rudolph as my favorite comedian often like so maybe it's her who are some of your favorites from when you were like young so I was raised on the daily show um yes says a lot about me as a person and my parents so all of the like female correspondence so I really I'm a big fan of Kristen Schaal is one of Mm -hmm. my favorites I think she's amazing on Bob's Burgers Mm -hmm. Jessica Williams was she's one of the best so good daily show correspondents of all time she's so good now that I'm like older, I really like Sarah Silverman. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I've ever come to seeing myself represented on screen. Just as a as a Jewish person, like I've never seen someone who quite like gets my story the same way. We don't really have similar upbringings, but I'm like, this is my attitude as well. Those yeah. are awesome answers. Yeah. When asked what my dream job was, I always answered, I want to be a Daily Show correspondent in 2004. Which I don't think is going to happen for me. Time machine. Yeah. Part of the you could be a we... Daily Show correspondent now. Seems a lot less fun because the world's a lot uh, scarier. Um, I uh, wanted to do World News so bad at IO because a lot of people who've done that show end up working for the Daily Show or like a lot of those political shows. Like uh, Jordan Klepper is a World News guy. Cool. Um, yeah. He, he, isn't it so weird? He, it was like him and the Magic Tavern guys all doing it at the same time for years. that's wild i think he's i think jordan klepper is way better than michael costa i think michael costa is lame uh yeah jordan klepper is like him and steve waltine who i don't know if you know that is he's like a chicago comedy guy but them together was always like pretty mind-blowing like my parents love like the late night tv shows for comedy but i never got to watch them However, growing up, my family being a lot of us in a huge, huge, huge Persian family being in New York, we would watch Friends, but Seinfeld. So I love Julie Louis-Dreyfus and I had to Google her name because I was like, I know this name. I know this face. Have you watched Veep? Yes. I'm very late to Veep, but I watched Veep this past year and I've not stopped laughing. I like constantly when I'm doing like work and you have something just living rent free in your brain and just decides to trickle in it's something from veep and it's something from my pal julie if we were still doing that segment i would have guessed that you were the one who loved veep if you were yeah i would love that makes a lot of sense (laughs) i love her and for her acceptance speech for the kennedy center i sometimes watch that when i just need like a pick me up we do too we love that (laughs) one we also love watching will ferrell just scream at his wife i love will ferrell 
well, I'm an old soul. I grew up sitting in my grandparents' uh, living room on an itchy couch watching TV land. So Lucille Ball is my formative first memory. Mm-hmm. But since like late high school on, Kate McKinnon, just her her queer energy is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just a Kate McKinnon person all around. Everything she does is perfect in my eyes. So. Her early SNL stuff was mind-blowing her yeah. doing Anne Romney is still mm-hmm. probably in my top three favorite segments from that show it is unreal funny and then her doing that Italian paper uh, painter who messed up the Jesus thing yes. <laughs> you guys also- I've watched that 700,000 times what we usually do if this is your first time here listeners is we tell each other stories about women from history and there's some discussion but we have adapted that into an improv game I have a story from history here that Lexi and Haley don't know, and we're going to play and then. So I'm going to give you the beginning of a story, and the mm-hmm. three of you are going to go around and give the next lines of the story. We're going to go around twice, and we'll go Aaron, then Haley, then Lexi, and then, huh, see what I did there? I will tell you the real story. Oh, jokes. Perfect. <laughs> jokes. Perfect. Uh, jokes. Women be comedy. Oh, so, my God. I Love Lucy first aired in 1951, but it started as a radio show also starring Lucille Ball called My Favorite Husband. When CBS wanted to pick it up for television broadcasting, Lucille Ball had some conditions. Erin? She wanted to stay a redhead. But her husband wanted her to go blonde. But it turned out that hair dye was too expensive and the CBS execs didn't want to pay for it. So she was like, what if this was in black and white and everyone can be happy? And the producer said, yes, ma'am, but... All TV is in black and white now, so it's not that impressive anyway. What actually happened? Did we get it right? Was that correct? <laughs> sort of. Oh, I like this. There was a little bit. So I Love Lucy was a game changer for television in a bunch of different ways, and all pretty much because of Lucille Ball. Um, her first condition was that they filmed the show in California, even though most TV at the time was being shot in New York and then broadcast live. But Lucille and her husband, Desi Arnaz, had a baby girl and didn't really want to relocate across the country. They were living in Los Angeles already. The main sponsor was concerned about picture quality from across the country. So the solution was a three camera shoot on 35 millimeter film, which is the method that is still used on sitcoms today. This was a way more expensive operation. So Lucille and Desi agreed to take a pay cut as long as their production company, Desi Lu, maintained ownership of the film. So by staying in LA, I Love Lucy both invented the sitcom and the concept of reruns. Whoa. I love that. Wait, that's so interesting. I had no idea. That's crazy. That's so wild to think about now because of how yeah. everything's there. So like we didn't get that correct at all. Well, you, you, you were thinking really the money thing, right? Okay. You're just being really nice. And that is sure. true. <laughs> Lucille's next condition was that Desi Arnaz, her actual real life husband, play her TV husband as well. It's possible that this was her way to keep him close to home because he was the traveling band leader of the Desi Arnaz Orchestra. The network execs said that America wouldn't buy that the all-American gal, the redhead, was married to someone who wasn't white, but Lucille insisted. The execs then were like, oh, but how could you be good comedy partners if you're married? So Lucille and Desi wrote a little comedy skit into the orchestra's national tour that audiences loved. And the execs were like, fine. Thus, I Love Lucy was born, and Lucy and Ricky Ricardo became American TV's first interracial couple. So cool. Um, I love how I love Lucy said, actually, fine, for fuck's sake. Fine, fine. for fuck's Just sake. Just go on the TV. Just leave us alone. 
<laughs> I Love Lucy actually broke a couple of other barriers, including writing Lucille's second pregnancy into the show and showing a pregnant woman had only been done once before in the 40s. And that show was off the air at that point. They also weren't allowed to say the word pregnant because for whatever reason, that was vulgar. That's oh super weird. Uh, so they said expecting instead, which is probably one of my least favorite noticed. euphemisms. I never for... even noticed. And honestly, it's because I was a child. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because women are disgusting and vulgar. And here's the thing. Everything about women is gross. It's all perverted. Even pregnancy, it's all disgusting. Can we never talk about it, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Makes a lot of sense. That is ridiculous. I can't, yeah. That is ridiculous. So that is the story of how I Love Lucy came to television. Okay, I have one more question for you. Yes. Uh, we don't really do plugs for ourselves because mm -hmm. if you see me on Twitter, no, you don't. But is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, you can listen to Hey Riddle Riddle wherever you find podcasts. But you also don't have to. Uh, do whatever you want. I've <laughs> told them to a million times on this show already. <laughs> That's really sweet. It's not. So. It's definitely not for everybody. It also is like... I try to give people a warning that it's like sort of intentionally bad improv. Uh, mm -hmm. They're such it. great improvisers that they got so bored and now they're just trying to destroy it from the inside out. So um, <laughs> if you like people trying to destroy improv and uh, men who make puns, that is probably a good thing for you to check out. Other than that, I got nothing. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You. This is so fun. I had no idea how much time passed. You can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at LadyHistoryPod. Our show notes and a transcript of this episode will be on LadyHistoryPod.tumblr.com. If you like the show, leave us a review or tell your friends. And if you don't like the show, keep it to yourself. Our logo is by Alexia Ibarra. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at LexiBDraws. Our theme music is by me, GarageBand, and Amelia Earhart. Lexi is doing the editing. You will not see us, and we will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Lady History. Joey Gladstone would say, cut it out. Next week's episode is all our cut content. So enjoy. Thank you, Erin. Hey, y'all. It's editor Lexi. I just wanted to pop in and let you know that we've decided to include this segment at the end of the show because it didn't really fit in the main show. And we also wanted to give you a brief message before you listen to it. In this segment, we are talking about animal bones, not human remains. We would never lick human remains. And also, this is a comedic bit. It does not reflect our professional views. It's merely meant to be funny. If jokes about bones make you uncomfortable and you're more into vegan jokes, click away. If you like jokes about bones and you think it's a little silly and fun, keep listening. Talk to you later. So that is the story of how I Love Lucy came to television. So it's her fault they wrote Emily Deschanel's pregnancy into that season of Bones and ruined the whole show? <laughs> yes. Okay, chill. Just checking. <laughs> I think Lexi might be mad. <laughs> season of Bones. I can't be sure. But that's my guess. Oh, Lexi. You just have to stop watching. I did stop watching it. Just I did like not believe that she had a baby in an major and magically decided to believe in Jesus. Uh, no she like it's very weird I agree that it wasn't like the best writing in the world but there were moments where she went back to her old bone self and, well like, then I learned ah. that the this the like cool lab they have at the Jeffersonian is nothing like the real thing no it's not <laughs> I worked there it's not
Sorry, Doug. Yeah, Haley worked for the man who is the real bones. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. No, no. Talk a hundred hours. Yeah. No, he's no way. Dr. Douglas Ubelocker. Oh, you, Ubi. You're ever listening to this. Uh he's one of my I'm emailing this to him. Yeah. In the world. Like truly one of my favorite bosses. Smithsonian is not as cool as the Jeffersonian. The Jeffersonian has all that government this. money and the Smithsonian. Literally, I found things while I was working at the Smithsonian that were like from the 1800s that people had just forgotten about. Yeah. <laughs> he I have also, a um, my favorite fun fact was we once wore matching Birkenstocks to work. Part of like the, like for archaeologists, you have to prove that you can touch special shit and not break it your life is so different from mine <laughs> i want to hear i want to hear a hundred more stories it's so cool there's some weird things that go on in the smithsonian museums yeah that Being is archaeologist amazing. is just yeah weird. like yeah, i've done it some weird, is weird. like ah, i used to lick bones in front of children to freak oh. them in alexandria what? virginia when we have people come <laughs> explain because... explain this is the thing okay. where i'm like yeah hey, wait like okay. explain okay. for the listeners explain so, for the lay person what so that means for people who don't know how bones work yes you can tell if it's a bone or not if your tongue sticks to it yes what <laughs> okay also depending on like what type of soil they will look like sticks yeah okay okay all i keep thinking about is someone was the first person to find that out yeah <laughs> yeah what i don't is know the why? origin yeah. of someone licking a bone and then being like wait a minute what I asked the my boss this, and he's like as a person who studies like human bones i cannot tell you that it was definitely <laughs> i think it was like someone doing it well like old-timey archaeologists are like real sketchy real like sketchy. there's some dudes who are just real questionable and i know some of them thought it would be fun if they like yeah just like they everything. wore the jewelry they found yeah they would uh, give it to their wives. They'd yeah. be like, here's this expensive necklace from 5,000 years ago. Do you want it? Cute. <laughs> they wore like earrings as brooches and like looking at the pictures. Now you're like, I know exactly what portrait you're talking about, Haley. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I'm learning a lot. Archaeology do be wild. Oh, man. Every archaeologist in the world will be like, it's not like Indiana Jones. And every single archaeologist thinks they're Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. We know a guy who brings a whip and a sledgehammer to every dig he goes on. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I was very lucky in that my dig was all women. Yours was all That's because she went with the female professor. Because I went yeah. with the female professor. Smart. Good thinking. Erin, I'm going to take you on a dig someday. In the, in yes, the Astro yeah. Times, I'm going to take you on a dig. It's, a, it's in the field. I got to tell you, you're going to be immediately so embarrassed by me because i'll no, show it's in full costume and you'll be like aaron you're wearing so much beige uh, but <laughs> let no, me that's have what this. We, we do no we wear up. we do wear beige yeah wear i'm doing great beige. you are correct with their we just wear beige and i bought khakis i thought had dinosaurs on them but it actually was tiny margarita glasses and i didn't realize it until i got to the dick okay so here's the thing you cannot be mad ever about people assuming things about her archaeology i can like dinosaurs and not be a dinosaur expert <laughs> i just say yes at this point yeah 